0: visit openbible.nj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: I want you to look at the screen with me and pick up that word and kind of try to absorb it for a moment. Blessed. Say it with me, blessed. blessed. Can you say this morning I'm blessed? blessed. But are you blessed? Are you blessed? Now, hold on to that for a second and think about this. I want to kind of lay a foundation for us. Think about this. Being blessed is a state of being. Take that in for a second. Being blessed is a state of being, not a feeling. Did you notice I didn't ask you if you felt blessed? Right? Because sometimes you don't feel blessed. Did you ever wake up and not feel blessed? You know what happened to me this morning? I went outside and my windows were frosted. And I didn't feel very blessed. I thought that's my first introduction to winter. I got to get Tyler on this real quick. So from now on at 7 in the morning, you need to show up and warm everything up for me. Huh? So I... There are times you just don't feel blessed, but you are blessed. Why is that? Because being blessed is a state of being. Let me show you what I mean. The psalmist said this in Psalm 1, in verse 1, you know this text, Blessed is the man that, and then he goes through this list of items, right? Blessed is the man that walketh not, sitteth not, standeth not. And if you're not careful, you might think that what the psalmist is saying is this. Because he doesn't sit, stand, or walk with the wrong crowd, he's a blessed man. But the teaching is this. Because he's blessed, he doesn't sit, walk, or stand. Did you see the difference? I don't think you did. Sometimes we put the cart before the horse. And we say this, well, you know, this man is blessed... You know, and, and as a result, you know, but we've got to be really careful and understand that when you're reading Scripture, you really capture the truth of it. And what the Lord is saying in this text of Scripture we're going to study this morning is this, being blessed is not a feeling. Whether you feel it or not, it's a state of being, right? And in James 1, verse 12, we're going to try to take our time this morning and go through James in verse 12. Look at it with me if you would. James 1 and verse 12, you can open your Bibles. James is speaking about the blessed man, right? And he says there this about the blessed man, uh, James 1 verse number 12, let me get my Bible open to that text. Um, he, he says, blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life with the Lord, which the Lord hath, pre- hath promised to them that love him. Matt, if you would, or somebody up there, turn me down just a little bit, if you would. And so he's kind of saying the same thing, right? The blessed person is is in a state of being, right? And this man, we might read it this way here Uh, the blessed man is the man that endureth temptation, right? And so he's blessed. He's blessed because he endures temptation. So God looks down from heaven and he sees, uh, he, he, he sees Dean and Dean is struggling, but Dean is hanging in there and God says to the Godhead, hey, let, let's pour him out a blessing. What do you think? That's not how that, that text is to be read. I want you to get a hold of this because this is going to trigger something here in just a moment. Now, because Dean is already blessed, He's in a state of being. Do you know what he does, Donald? He endures temptation. Did you see the difference? Tell me, tell me you saw the difference. We, it's kind of like a result of because we're blessed, we don't walk, we don't sit, we don't stand, the psalmist says. And James says, because we're blessed, we endure temptation. We endure trial. By the way, the word temptation in verse number 12 is not the same word that you'll find in verse 13 on down. It's different. The word temptation in in verse 12 is the word trial, affliction, difficulty. Isn't that what we're studying? Isn't that what James is speaking to us about? The trials of life, the troubles of life, the difficulties of life, and they are diversified. They're varied. What troubles one may not trouble another, but be, be certain of this, you will be troubled. Say with me, I will be troubled. Look at the person next to you and say, I will be troubled. However, I want you to look back and say, but I'm blessed. Go ahead, I'm blessed. And then say, as a result, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. You didn't look too confident when you said, I'm going to make it. (laughs) I'm going to make it. (laughs) We used to sing a song down there in Florida. God said, you're going to make it. God said, you're going to make it. God said, you're going to, did you ever sing it? I think it's a Southern kind of thing. I I didn't like it too much. I'll be honest with you, but they used to sing it a lot. God said, you're going to make it. I want you to, I want you to hold on to that. I'll tell you why. Because that word blessed is a universal word right? I mean, uh, people use it all the time. You know, you get around, even some unsafe folk, they might talk about, man, I'll tell you what, I feel so blessed today, or I've been blessed by. And so it's a universal word. And you know, most of the time, the takeaway, the takeaway is happy, right? In fact, now I'm not sure, because I hadn't studied this out. I don't look to too many other translations and study. I, I just don't. I'm not against it, but I'm not, I don't. But I'm told this, that in some Bibles, they even interchange the word. They take blessed out and they put happy. And so you might read Psalm 1 and verse 1, where we, we read in our Bible, blessed is the man. Uh, some versions say happy is the man. But I'll guarantee you this, when you study the word blessed, the word blessed is better than happy. It is. And let me tell you why it is, because happy, um, happy, happiness is a byproduct, right? Look here, if you get happier, it won't make you, if you get happy, it won't make you happier. And most of the time, what we consider happy really isn't happiness, it's happeningness. Things must happen for us to get happy. <clears throat> Did you understand that? Do you agree with that? And so uh, the Bible, James isn't saying, happy is the man. You don't walk around jolly who endures. Hey, listen, I just found out my, ha- my house burned down. <laughs> isn't that awesome? No, you would be hospitalized and medicated if that were your take on it. Right? Hey, my doctor just called the test I just take, It's terminal. Happy is the... No, he's saying this, Blessed. And that takes it to a complete, a complete different stratosphere. Blessed is the man who endures. Or what he's saying is, because the man is blessed, he endures temptation. He endure, did, did, did you see it? And so in essence, what he's trying to say here to us, uh, I think, is this. Uh, blessing comes from above. Blessing comes from above. There is that which is from without and that which is from within. But blessing, blessing comes from above. It's of the Lord. And basically, it's the result of having a right relationship with the Lord. Hello? It's, 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 it's being obedient in the Lord. I mean, you just, you're just right with God and you're blessed. I say sometimes, all the time, if you're going to pray for me, don't pray, God bless Pastor Yenizi. Why? I'm already blessed. I'm a child of God. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven when I die. Hello? Jesus went ahead and prepared a place for me. I would love to tell you it's a mansion, but I don't agree with that. I don't believe I have a mansion in glory. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because what I do today matters and makes a difference in eternity. There's nowhere in the Bible where you read Jesus went to prepare you a mansion. He went to prepare for you a place. And what you and I do today will matter there. Because if not, why not just sit back, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we move into our mansion. That's not Bible. That's singing. That's revival songs. You know, I got a mansion just over the hilltop in that. Well, I'll tell you right now, folk, unless you've already went and prepared it, Jesus isn't preparing it for you. What you and I do today matters in eternity. Say amen right there. And so James is saying this, you're blessed. Who's he speaking to? Help me, class. Who's he speaking to? Well, he's talking to the church, but in this text, he's speaking to individuals Come on now, man, I've hit this over your head for the last four weeks. He's speaking to individuals who were being persecuted, who were, who were suffering, who were going through trials, who had been displaced. They were scattered, right? And he's saying this, he's saying, because you're blessed, you're going to endure. I know you will. And as a result of that endurance, look at verse 12 again, he says this, when you're tried, you shall receive, what? The crown of life. The crown of life which the Lord hath prepared to them that love him. So let's do this. Let's just take verse 12 this morning. We won't go any further. Are you okay? You comfortable? Why don't you like to talk back to me? Are you comfortable? Go like this or go like this? Go like that? I don't know. But let's take verse 12, break it down, and see if we can't get something from it that will really help us During our time of difficulty, which is for many quite often. Amen? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we sure do want to hear from heaven today, and so would you please reach down, capture every mind, capture every heart, capture every thought, capture every moment of this next few moments, and and do something rich and real and powerful in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. And amen. Now, in verse number twelve, I, this caught my attention. I, I really appreciate this, that the struggle was recognized. Look at it. He said, "Blessed is the man who endures temptation or, or or trouble." Right. And so, there's a recognition here of those of us who are going through it. Isn't that good? In essence, what the Lord is saying. to pay attention right here. The Lord is saying, "You're not invisible." Doesn't that help you? Because sometimes in life, don't don't, don't sometimes you feel as if you're invisible? Huh? I mean, you know, you're you're treated as if you don't exist. Right? You're you're bullied as if you don't matter. But here there's recognition, Tenea. And the Lord is saying, blessed is that individual who endures trouble. Huh? Uh, we, we might say it like this. We, we may make it make, make it personal. We might say, blessed is the Christian who doesn't give in, who doesn't quit when things turn against them. We might say it like this. Blessed is the Christian who practices what they say they believe. I mean, if you, if you say you believe it, you ought to practice it. Uh, we might say it this way. Blessed is the Christian who who, when the bottom drops out, just trust in his God. But then we can make it a little bit more personal. We might say something like this. Blessed is the man who does not abandon his family when his back's against the wall. And I don't have time to preach through these because these will really preach. Ah, Blessed is the woman who digs in when her marriage starts to struggle. Blessed is the young person who is able to take a stand when peer pressure begins to... We might say this, blessed is the church member who realizes that preference can hinder worship. I'm going to say that one again because I like that one. Blessed is the church member who realizes that their preferences can hinder the whole operation of the church. James just said, blessed is the one who endures. Blessed is the one who endures. You know, another word for endureth or enduring is perseverance. It's a good word. Look at this definition. Perseverance in trials demonstrates whether the faith we claim we have is genuine or not. Let me take you back to my original statement. James, I believe, is hinting to the fact that we endure because we're blessed. We don't get blessed because we endure. Hello? And so, in essence, perseverance in trials, it demonstrates whether uh, the faith we claim to have is genuine or not. Right? There's nothing like a trial to test your faith. I mean, how in a world will you know that your faith can be trusted if your faith cannot be tested? Right? And let's just be honest with each other. Can we do that for a moment? We've been around long enough in the body of Christ in an environment like this where we've seen some people who have sung real loud and said amen real, you know, real vibrantly, but then when the when trial the comes to their house, they crumble. They quit church. They walk away from God. Why? I'll tell you why. Because that that genuine faith they claimed to have wasn't that genuine. Amen? Perseverance. And so, in essence, what the Lord is saying here is this. What will really validate your claim, you know, whether or not you're saved, is not what you say, but what you do. Blessed is the person who endures. I mean, because they have a genuine faith, they endure trouble, they endure trial. They're able to go through it. Kind of like the parable of the sower. Do you remember reading that parable years ago, Matthew 13? You know, a sower went forth to sow, and he's sowing seed, and he's sowing it abundantly, and and the seed begins to fall on different types of ground. Do you remember the one type of soil? It was the rocky soil. And the Bible says that the sower sowed the seed, but it fell upon some rocky soil, and there was no depth. It had no, no depth when it began to sprout up. And what happened? Trials came. And as a result of the trials and troubles, the seed fell away. Huh? Perseverance. Blessed is the individual who's able to persevere is what he's saying. And so... I wrote this down. I want you to think about it with me. God kind of delivers his children in two ways. Sometimes he delivers us from trials. From trials. I believe this. Church, I believe that when we get to heaven, we're going to be able to, I don't know, I just have a way of feeling this might happen. God's going to kind of put our life, you know, up on the screen. And we're going to see all that God has done for us. And some of it will be the things he protected us from that we didn't even know it was coming our way. Divine providence, sovereignty of God, you know, where He just protected us from something. He protects us from trials, but most of the time he protects us through trials. We go through them. Are you with me, guys? Come on. He, he delivers us through trials. We have to go through it. And as we go through it, what happens is this. God begins to reveal himself, even in that fiery furnace... That we go through. I thought about this and I want you to to capture this thought. You cannot, we cannot control what happens to us, but you can control how you frame it. Say, now, what do you mean by that? Listen to this for a second. Have you ever tried to reframe a thought? Huh? There are some things, there are some times thoughts, appear to be, they they appear to be very unhelpful, right? So you think about something, maybe it's something from your past, maybe it's something you're going through, and the way you frame it is unhelpful. And so we are encouraged to reframe it. Think of it differently. Try to make it more positive. Let me give you an example of that, a Bible example of that. comes from the Apostle Paul, right? Great man of God. You remember, he, he writes a lot of what he writes from a prison cell, right? And so, you know, when he's writing, when he's writing the church in Philippi, you know where he's writing from? Not writing from the parsonage. He's, he's not writing, you know, while he's sitting in his lounge chair, his recliner. He's writing while in a prison cell, right? And what he's doing is this, he's reframing, he's reframing what's going on huh? And, and in his words, maybe, maybe he would reframe it this way. You know, God's blessed me with prison guards chained to me. Now, we might think you're in prison, that's bad, but you got a guard chained to you? That's real bad. But Paul reframes it. And Paul says, it's a blessing. I have these guards chained to me. And, and, and guess what? They have no choice but to listen to me as I speak to them about Jesus. Huh? And some of these soldiers have the ear of the, of the uppity-uppities, the leaders. And so maybe if I can get to them, they can get... Huh? And then he says this. Because he's writing the church in Philippi and he says, and and here's something interesting. He says, every eight hours they chain a new guard to me, and they think I'm the prisoner. <laughs> See how you reframe it? Huh? So what is it you're going through? Well, what 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 is it? What's your prison cell? What are you chained to? If you're not careful, that can become a very unhelpful thought. Are you with me? Unless you learn how to reframe it and say, wait a second, just wait a second. God is up to something, and I cannot wait to see what happens when he's finished. Huh? <laughs> I can get real personal there, but I won't. Blessed are those who endure. But then James takes it a step further. Look at the verse again. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive The crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that, say with me, love him. Love him. All right, now, I'm trying to build this thought, and I want you to get this. I want you to understand that because we're blessed, genuine faith will help us to endure right it doesn't mean it's going to be easy and every once in a while while we're going through what we're going through you might need to do what i just said you might need to reframe a thought think about it a little bit differently amen but don't please don't be discouraged you know you're blessed you're here today you got your bible in lap but man i'm telling you what you're just having the hardest time right now as i'm speaking you're trying to do your best to pay attention but all these bad things, I mean, you just lost this, or you just facing that, you just got hit with a lawsuit. I mean, to tell you, the bottom is dropping out, and you're doing everything in your power. And I'm preaching like I'm preaching, saying, boy, I guess I don't have it because I shouldn't be feeling like this. Wrong. Wrong. You're not at a bar today. You're not in bed today. You're not at a psychiatrist's office today getting more meds. You're in church You're trying to reframe it. Why do we do it? Why do we do it? Paul Paul shares the motivation. Paul. James shares the motivation. I always throw Paul in there for some reason. Tyler shares the motivation. (laughs) Why is it that we hang in there? Why is it we don't quit? You know what he says? Because we love the Lord. Look at it again. The end verse. He's promised to who? To them that love him. Do you ever notice how many times that pops up? Here, here's, here's one of the verses where it pops up that I know you know this verse. And we know all things work together for God. To who? To them that love God. You mean to tell me things don't work together for them, for, all things don't work together for good for those who don't love God? No, I don't believe so. I don't believe they can say that. Why? Because the end result is a little bit different. Because when you look at that love for God, what it's talking about is just more than saying, oh, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Don't you love it when God says, or when people say this? You you see a couple over here. They never come to church. They do everything that a Christian shouldn't do. But somebody comes along and says, hey, hey, Dave, I just saw Bill and Betty Boobop. And you know what, man, he was, he, was, he was half drunk. She was yelling at him. I mean to tell you, what a bad time. And Dave says, but you know they love the Lord. <laughs> Come on now, you know you've heard that before. You've heard that before. You know what I want to say to somebody like that? Are you out of your mind? Have you lost your marbles? What do you mean they love the Lord? If they love the Lord, they wouldn't be living like that. If they loved the Lord, they would know that his name, his testimony is at stake by living like that. So what James is saying is this. He's saying those who are blessed endure temptation because they love him so much, they don't want him or his testimony or his name to be marred. So that means, Tony, when you go to work tomorrow and, man, things aren't going well for you, you don't go in and say, uh, one of your, one of your uh, people you work with says, Tony, how's it going? Well, I'll tell you what, man, I, I, I went to church yesterday. I tied to my income. I taught my class. I, I tried to do my best. And, man, I, every time I he never answers me. Boy, that's a, that's a bad testimony. And then you're going to try to lead these people to the Lord when the Lord actually does bless you? Say amen right there. James is trying to help us to see what Paul did say. Turn it, guys. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. You remember this? Paul said, love, charity, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. What's that mean? That means this. If we really love God the way we love God and love the things of God, then we're going to be able to withstand whatever it is that comes our way because we know more, we know better than most do. Amen? Let me, give you, let me give you another testimony from the Apostle Paul being in that prison cell. Now, here's what we're told, right? We're told that while they were in that prison cell, they were praising God. Did you ever read it? They're praising God. He's with a fellow named Silas. And, and Paul and Silas, man, they're praising God. It's midnight. Now, look here. They're praising God after being thrown in prison and probably, preacher, beaten. Huh? So here they are. They're in a the dark. By the way, it wasn't a federal penitentiary. You know, they didn't have three three hots in a cot. I mean, that's not the way it was. Those prisons were holes in the ground. In fact, many times they had to be lowered into them. Rats, bats, witches and goblins. I mean, all of it. Huh? And here they are in that environment praising God. And I know what you'd like to think and what i like to think, well, hey, man, listen, if I were there, I'd be praising God too. Really? Even the thought of it makes me want to run and hide. But here they are praising God. But I want you to notice this. They are not praising God for the prison cell, nor for the beaten they probably took. There's a difference. Listen, up. Uh, they were able to separate the what from the who. Am I giving you too much this morning? In life, we've got to come to the place where we're capable of separating the what from the who. Huh? They were not praising God for what was going on. The prison cell, the beating, the separation, the incarceration... They were praising God for who He was and for the fact that they knew He hadn't forgotten them and they were being kind of worthy to suffer for Him. It's a big difference, huh? Big difference. (laughs) The promise. Look at it again. Verse number 12. He said, He said, Which hath promised to them that love Him. Love Him. And that takes us to what i would call the end game the end game right what's the promise look at it look at it he says blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he's tried he shall receive what the crown of life which the lord has promised and the lord is not a man that should keep his word right He don't lie so what's the promise the promise is the crown of life isn't that awesome let me say something about that. What I really appreciate about that statement is this there's an end to it. There's an end to it. Huh? You've heard it said in many ways it ain't over till it's over. Huh? In the end, it's going to be good. If it's not good, it's not the end. And then, my all time favorite, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. Huh? Hope I don't offend anybody. It's not my, it's not my, it's just who I am. Sorry. What, what, what's he saying here? There's going to be an expiration date. No matter what we go through on earth, there's coming a time, there's coming a day when it all ends. Isn't that awesome? My grandmother, bless her heart, was a she was a, a colorful person we used, her name was mildred we called her millie we used to call her millie from south philly she's with the lord i mean she loved the lord i mean to tell you she lived for god but one time she gave a testimony i'll never forget it donnie remember the testimony and she said this and she was she waxed eloquent i mean you know she had a little bit of preaching her and she said you know they say life is like a bowl of cherries but i seem to have always ended up with the pits And she went, she had a hard life. I mean, she had a hard life. But that all ended one day. She's 88 years old. God took her home. And where she's at now, oh, there's no pits. It's all good. And so he says in this verse of Scripture, there's going to come an end. And in the end, for those who love him, for those who are blessed, aren't you glad there's the crown of life? is the victor's crown. Huh? I'll preach a message one day sometime maybe called five crowns in glory. There's five different crowns mentioned in the New Testament that the Lord gives to us, we're recipients because of our faithfulness or because of our service or soul winner's crown. And you know what we get to do with those crowns? Huh? We just take them off and we throw them at his feet because he is worthy. We're singing in heaven, thou art worthy, thou art worthy, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, glory and honor, glory and honor and power. And then we just, did you ever ever read Revelation 4 and 5? That's what takes place. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. And I know sometimes down here I think of myself as being a failure because I fail so many times. Mm, but I'm trying, and I'm going to endure, and we we'll try to endure to the end. I don't want to just start the race. You don't get a medal for starting, Jim. You get the medal for when you finish. <laughs> Amen. And that's what I want to do about you. And so he talks a little bit about this, this crown. Now, if I can just get you to give me that much liberty, I want you to believe this that what he's really talking about here is a stamp of approval. A stamp of approval that validates our faith. Let me go back to something I said a little bit ago. You know how we validate people? We'll say something like this. Uh, Tyler, tell me a little bit about Dave Brown. Dave saved. Oh, yeah, man, he, he, he prayed profession of faith. He prayed. But the Lord uses a different method to validate faith. Faith. Say amen right there. It's not based upon you and I praying that Polly want a cracker kind of prayer. Jesus, come into my heart and save me. No, it's based upon you and I living out what we say we believe. Amen. Hello. And so he says, "This blessed is the man who endured. How do you know? How do you know? Uh, you know he's safe because he's enduring trials. He's not falling apart. The psalmist would say, he doesn't walk with, sit with, or stand with. There's evidence that he's got it more than just a prayer. Hello? Look here. Man, I got saved 1979. That was a long time ago. And I'll guarantee you this, I am not all that I should be, but I am certainly not what I used to be. Not at all. I like the song, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I'm a new dude. Roger, I'm not the same. Oh, I'm still goofy. You know, but I'm different. I'm a different goofy. I'm a saved dude now. Before I was a lost dude, now I'm a saved dude. Makes Makes all the difference. But it's not based upon... What we say, no, the, the stamp of validity is our life, how we're handling it. And again, let me just pause because I'm a pastor at heart. I know there's times we don't handle it well, right? Uh, we crumble. You may not believe this, and I'm not saying it to make you laugh, but there have been times, and I'm sure there's going to be times in my future here to where I just want to run away. I mean, right now, it's wonderful. It's honeymoon, and it's great, and it's not snowing yet. And Bob Fenton called me up three times last week, you know, those rainy days, just to make sure I didn't leave. And I said, Bob, this phone does ring in Florida, by the way. He said, yeah, but I got that app on my phone that tells me exactly where you're at. What's that, 360 or something? Cloned my phone. And there were times, and you can ask Mrs. Genizzi, where where I, I would say to her, in fact, my son-in-law, <laughs> I was with my son-in-law the other day, and every once in a while, when, when life would really get tough and ministry would stink, I got a CDL license. And I would, I would, I would say to the staff, you know what? I'm just going to go drive a truck. I, it's easier. I'm just going to go drive a truck. And my son-in-law said, Pop, he calls me Pops, he, he said many times I wanted to say to you, please go. <laughs> go drive that truck. You're driving us crazy. <laughs> So life gets hard and it's difficult, and we're not always walking around, Bible tucked under our arms saying, Let's, you know, fight the devil. You no, know, sometimes we're just struggling, we're just making it. You know, that's that's just the way it is sometimes. You know, but because we're saved, because we love him, because we have his promise, we endure. James is speaking to a group of individuals who are, man, just going through some tough times. You know, hard times. And he's reminding them, you're saved. You have God's promise. Don't give up. Don't give in. It's going to be good. It's going to work. Again, can I take you back to just one final example? The Apostle Paul's in that prison cell, right? And you know, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that at midnight, while they're in jail, incarcerated... Donald, think about this. They're still in prison. They're singing and praising God. You know what I wrote on my notes? I wrote wrote this, Chuck. Before is better than after. Before is better than after. Look here. They hadn't got released yet. They hadn't been set free yet. But while in prison, still chained to the prison guard... They're singing and praising God. Now, if it were us, we'd be crying, complaining, bickering. And then after the angel shows up and takes us out, a couple hours later, we say, oh, man, hey, we better stop and praise the Lord. Why? Because we are prone to praise after intervention. Mm. That was better than three people saying We, uh, natural tendency is to show gratitude after we've received. But don't you think God's better than that? And don't you think our faith is better than that? And that's where Paul and Silas, they're praising God. They're singing while they're incarcerated before God showed up. And guess what happened? God showed up. Hello? God showed up say, so preacher, what are you trying to say? Maybe, maybe we ought to begin to praise him, sing and praise him before we get delivered. Huh? It's just amazing what praising will do. Did you ever sing that? Did, have you? Do you know it? Say it. It's just amazing what praising will do. You don't know it. You don't know it. <laughs> We got to teach you some of these little choruses, Christy. We got we got Aaron. We got to teach these choruses. I know I got to teach you them first, right? It's just amazing what praising will do. I mean, you look in the scriptures at people who praise God, and all of a sudden God shows up in an unbelievable way and changes everything. Yeah, amen. I know that's not easy, but that is Bible. That is Bible that is Bible and so let me close with this thought God wants us God intends for us to wear the victor's crown however you need to know it doesn't come at bargain prices I think it was General Eisenhower who said there is no victory at bargain prices there's got to be some toil and struggle that's just life Nobody gets out untouched. Everybody's got something. We may not show it, you know. We're good at covering it up. We fake it till we make it. But everybody's got something. Everybody's got something. But in the end, Revelation 2 and verse number 10, in the end, the Bible says this, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. You know what somebody said about the crown of life the crown is life itself now get that that's the crown life and so after i endure and it's all said and done well i get life more abundant and eternal never a- you know there's a difference between everlasting life and eternal life you know they're not interchangeable did you know that Everlasting speaks about the length. Eternal speaks about the quality. And so we get to live a quality of life as we've never lived before, forever and ever and ever. Well, I like that. I like that. God's good. God's promised life to those who love Him. So let me, capsule, let me, let me, let me capture the thought. Go ahead and flip up that last slide if you would, guys. Living for eternity makes trials bearable. Did you get that? If you're living for today, that's tough. But if you're living for eternity, it makes trials bearable. Enduring trials brings blessing. Passing the test of faith brings God's approval. And the consolation, the crown of life. crown of life. God is so good. He's so good to me. Amen? Let's bow our heads and let's sing it together. Our heads are bowed. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. He's so good to me.